RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Anna-Marie Evans. The headlines, eight veteran pro-democracy activists are handed fresh jail terms while two others get suspended sentences. A student is jailed for more than four years for rioting with a hiking pole in 2019. And Transport Secretary Frank Chan announces that the latest phase of the MTR's Tun Ma Line will open on the 27th of next month. Eight veteran pro-democracy activists have been jailed for up to 18 months and two others were given a suspended jail sentence after they pleaded guilty to organising an unauthorised protest on Hong Kong Island on October the 1st, 2019. Vicky Wong has more details. The longest sentences of 18 months were given to former lawmakers Leung Kwok Hong, Lee Chuk Yan, Albert Ho and activist Figo Chan who also admitted to inciting others to join the march. Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai, ex-lawmakers Sid Ho and Young Sum, and former League of Social Democrats chairman Avery Ng were jailed for 14 months. Former legislator Sin Chung Kai and activist Richard Choi received suspended jail terms. The sentences add to the prison terms earlier handed to Lee Chuk Yan, Lung Kok Hong, Sid Ho and Jimmy Lai over another protest in August that year, though some months will be served concurrently. A student has been jailed for four years and three months for rioting with a hiking pole in Tunmun during the anti-government protests in 2019. More from Todd Harding. 21-year-old Lee Ho Ming was convicted after a trial earlier this month at the district court. The judge said he played an active role in the unrest, saying he was ready to battle because he'd put on full protest gear. Video footage also showed the defendant using his pole to hit a water barricade. Although no one suffered major injuries, the judge said a deterrent sentence was needed because the defendant was part of more than 200 what she called violent protesters, some of whom threw bricks and petrol bombs towards police. She said they posed a real risk to the safety of people at the scene. The chief executive has appointed barrister Priscilla Wong as the new chairman of the Independent Police Complaints Council, or IPCC, for a term of two years from next Tuesday. She succeeds Anthony Neo, who's been in the position since 2018. In a statement, the government said Ms Wong, who's currently the chairwoman of the Minimum Wage Commission, has extensive experience in public service. It also quoted Security Secretary John Lee as saying he hopes under the leadership of Ms Wong the effectiveness and public confidence in the police complaint system can be further strengthened. Transport Secretary Frank Chan has announced that the latest phase of the MTR's Tunma Line will open on the 27th of next month. The project will see the opening of two new stations, Sungwang Toy and Tokwawan, and the connection of the Maon Shan Line and the West Rail. The new 56-kilometre-long rail line will comprise 27 stations. Mr Chan said the new rail line will provide convenience to passengers as it connects the new territories east and west with Kowloon. Both the government and the MTR Corporation have been working very hard during the past year with a view to commissioning the Tunma Line as soon as possible because we appreciate very much the expectation of the people who are looking forward to take a ride on this particular new line because it connected to four other railway lines providing flexibility, convenience and so also saving in time. Russia has denied entry to flights by two European airlines because they plan to avoid flying over Belarus. 
Austrian Airlines and Air France cancelled their services to Moscow after their new flight plans were rejected. Several airlines are avoiding Belarusian airspace in protest at the government's decision to force a Ryanair flight to divert and land in Minsk on Sunday. A Belarusian dissident and his girlfriend were then arrested. The BBC's Bethany Bell reports from Vienna. In a statement, the Austrian Foreign Ministry said Russia's reaction was incomprehensible and disproportionate. It said all flights over and to Russia should be able to continue without problems. Following the incident involving Ryanair on Sunday, a number of European airlines have stopped flying to or over Belarus. The move directly affects the country's revenue as airlines pay to use airspace. Russia is a strong ally of Belarus and has remained steadfast in its support of the former Soviet nation and its government. Scientists in Britain have used artificial intelligence to detect COVID-19 by the sound of a cough with almost 100% accuracy. The BBC's Richard Westcott has more details. One key way to stop the spread of COVID-19 is to have lots of easily available cheap tests that can spot who's got the virus, even if they're not showing symptoms. By comparing the recorded coughs of more than 8,000 people in hospitals across Mexico and Spain, scientists at the University of Essex have developed a computer program that can accurately hear signs of infection. They're developing an app that could work as a preliminary check. Just cough into your phone and await the result. Anyone coming up positive would then be asked to take a laboratory PCR test to be certain. France is to ban non-essential travel from Britain from Monday to reduce the chances of spreading the variant of Covid first identified in India. France has had about 80 cases of the strain. From Paris, here's the BBC's Hugh Schofield. Last weekend, Germany took the lead in imposing a compulsory two-week quarantine on arrivals from the UK. Now France is following suit, though with less stringent conditions. From Monday, it's been announced only essential travel from the UK will be allowed, for example, for reasons of a bereavement or childcare, but not for tourism. That means disappointment for people who've booked holidays in France from June the 9th, when it's expected travel around the EU will be eased. However, France is not applying to the UK the stricter quarantine measures that it's reserved for countries deemed most at risk. The United Nations Human Rights Council has agreed to open an investigation into this month's conflict between Israel and the militant group Hamas. 24 out of 47 countries voted in favour of the resolution. Hamas, which controls the Gaza Strip, has welcomed the decision. But Israel said it would not cooperate with the investigation. The BBC's David Willis reports... The investigation will look into whether crimes were committed, not just in Gaza and the occupied West Bank, but in Israel as well. The resolution also calls for the creation of an ongoing commission of inquiry into events in the region. In an apparent reference to countries that ship weapons to Israel, the UN Human Rights Council also urges the 47 member states to refrain from transferring arms that could be used to commit violations of humanitarian law. There's been a warning from a senior aid official that many of the poorest people of Goma in the Democratic Republic of Congo are the most vulnerable as citizens evacuate ahead of a possible new volcanic eruption in the area. Jan Egeland of the Norwegian Refugee Council told the BBC those fleeing had little choice about where to live. People have been now taking land very close to the volcano because of poverty. 
I met families who had fled from the lava. I asked them, you must have known that it was a dangerous land. And she said, we knew it was dangerous, but it was the only land we could afford. The president of Angola, João Lorenco, has for the first time apologised on behalf of the state for the killing of tens of thousands of people during a political crisis more than four decades ago. Rights groups say up to 90,000 people were massacred by Angolan troops and their Cuban allies following a split in the governing MPLA party. In an address to the nation, President Lorenco described the killings as a great evil and asked for forgiveness on the government's behalf. Tomorrow it will be 44 years since the tragic events which took place in 1977, two years after the proclamation of national independence, for which we still fight. At that time, no one imagined that internal divisions within the liberation movement would lead the country to turn on itself. The consequences were so tragic that they left deep wounds in the hearts of Angolans. The Rwandan president, Paul Gagame, has praised his French counterpart, Emmanuel Macron, for, as he put it, speaking the truth about the role of France in the genocide of 1994. Speaking in the Rwandan capital, Kigali, the French president said his country had not listened to warnings about the impending massacres, and he asked Rwandans for forgiveness. Mr Kagame said Mr Macron's words were more valuable than an apology. A French lawmaker, Bruno Bonnel, explained why Mr Macron stopped short of offering one. He was not there to say sorry. He was there to say that sometime we have to make points in the course of time. After 27 years, we just do recognise that France had its part. What I heard from survivors, and rightly so, they were expecting more. But the more would mean that, that France was an accomplice, which is not the case. A study of bones from the oldest burial complex in the Nile Valley has thrown light on the frequent conflicts people there endured as a result, scientists believe, of severe climactic change. The skeletons from the site at Jebel Sahaba in what's now northern Sudan date back more than 13,000 years. Here's the BBC's Danny Eberhardt. The bones were dug up in the 1960s before the site was flooded for the Aswan Dam project. They're held in the British Museum. New analysis discounts the theory that the dead were victims of a single armed conflict. It's reinforced the view that these hunter-gatherers, men, women and children, suffered repeated violence over a period of time. Embedded in some bones are stone fragments from spears and arrowheads, and there's evidence of healed and unhealed wounds. Researchers believe this points to skirmishes and raids amid a competition for resources at a time of sharp climatic fluctuations at the end of the last ice age. An international team of astronomers has created the largest ever map of the distribution of dark matter. It's believed their findings could challenge Einstein's theory of general relativity. The researchers say the invisible substance, which is thought to make up about 80% of all material in the universe, is more spread out than first predicted. Professor Carlos Frank, who helped develop the current understanding of dark matter, has mixed feelings about the results. Hearing now that there may be something not quite right with the theory, well, it's very disconcerting, it's very alarming and frightening to see that maybe my whole life's work might crumble in front of me, but at the same time, it is immensely exciting because that's the way science advances. 
To business news, shares of JD Logistics jumped as much as 18% before narrowing their gains as the company debuted on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange this morning. The logistics firm was spun off from e-commerce giant JD.com. It earlier priced its shares towards the lower end of its indicated range at $40.36. The public offering was oversubscribed by more than 700 times. It's the second largest IPO this year in Hong Kong after Kwai Shu Technology. Onto the stocks, and a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29,292. That's 174 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $91 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.91 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 21 cents. And the pound is worth 11 Hong Kong dollars and 1 cent. On to sports, and we start with tennis. Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer are all in the same half of the draw for this year's French Open. Nadal and Djokovic are seeded to meet in the semi-finals. Defending women's champion Iga Swatek will start against Kaya Juvan of Slovenia. More from the BBC's Russell Fuller. Federer says he is in Paris to build up sharpness for Wimbledon. Nadal and Djokovic are most definitely here to win. The Spaniard is seeded three this year, which allows the second seed, Daniel Medvedev, who openly hates the clay, to escape Djokovic and join the likes of Stefanos Tsitsipas, Dominic Thiem and Alex Zverev in the other half of the draw. Along with Swiatek, Ash Barty may feel as if she is defending the title she won on her last visit in 2019. The Australian will start against Bernarda Pera of the United States. There are some sparkling first-round matches in the women's draw. The 2017 champion Yelena Ostapenko takes on last year's runner-up Sofia Kenin and the former US Open champion Sloane Stephens is up against Carla Suarez-Navarro who will be playing her first tournament since successful treatment for cancer. To football, where English Premier League side Tottenham have been holding talks with Maurizio Pochettino over a sensational return to the club, the BBC's Al Ross reports. Tottenham have made contact with the former manager Maurizio Pochettino about a return to the club. He was sacked by Spurs 18 months ago after five years in charge, took over at Paris Saint-Germain in January, but PSG failed to win the league untitled for only the second time in nine seasons. They lost to Manchester City in the Champions League semi-finals as well. BBC Sport understands there's been no contact between Tottenham and PSG, who've been holding talks themselves with Pochettino about their plans for next season. Over in Spain, Zinedine Zidane has stepped down as manager of Real Madrid for the second time in his career. Real failed to win a trophy this season. They finished second in La Liga behind city rivals Atletico. Zidane played for Real between 2001 and 2006. He won three consecutive Champions League titles and a Spanish League title in his first stint as the club's manager between 2016 and 2018. He left in May 2018, only to return 10 months later, and he went on to win a second La Liga title last season. In the NHL playoffs, the Montreal Canadiens have beaten the Toronto Maple Leafs 4-3 in Game 5 of their best-of-seven first-round series. The news from RTHK. Telling me your secrets, my weakness I'm only here for the weekend And already got you thinking, thinking Like a wifey, husband She never will be a was me, trust me I'll be the best thing you ever had You know I'm good, but I come back You know I should, but I know I can't 
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Friday afternoon. Friday, the 28th of May, is today's date. And a big thank you to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today. We sure have a busy show for you this afternoon. 
In about 10 minutes or so, we'll be chatting with Sue Marguerite, who's an American living here in Hong Kong who teaches Cantonese on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to, do check out her YouTube channel, Cantonese Corner. And uh, Sue will be joining us this afternoon in the studio. So we hope to bring you uh, that interview on Facebook Live. So do join us on Facebook if you can. Of course, we want you to also stay tuned on the radio if you want to, or via the RTHK On The Go app, or via the RTHK Mine app as well. As long as you tune in, we'll be happy. Uh, if you want to uh, be a Facebook viewer today, if you want to uh, watch the interview on Facebook, then feel free to do so. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And after the 2 o'clock news on today's